mean, all the guys are named Halo in the series. I mean, that would make sense, wouldn't it? I thought it was that computer girl. I thought she was Halo. No, I know she's Cortana because she like tries to get you to use Microsoft Bing on my computer. (laughs) That that's not like um. So so who is who is Halo? Is it it's not one of them then? Halo is is a location, I believe. It's I believe it's like a planet in the first game, but I could be wrong because I could never follow the story in the trilogy. Interesting. I did like research about it a couple months back, and I all I really remember from like the Halo aspect was that it's like a like a man made ring, I guess, that uh, hosts human life, and uh, I think it's contested by other species, like alien species. I I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I think that yeah. Halo is us, the audience. Halo, Halo is in us all along. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I I felt that. I feel that a lot. It makes yeah. you feel like Halo. <laughs> it really makes you feel like a Halo. All right. Welcome to Game Busters, everybody. Um, this is a podcast from GameBuster.com, and uh, every week we, we gather up here to uh, do a little bit of digging on a game or a franchise that we want to get into or talk about, or maybe it's topical and we're riding the sweet, sweet SEO wave as we are today. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're uh, uh, going to dive into uh, the Halo franchise today and specifically focus on the the development of the first game, but talk about the legacy of this franchise as a whole. Um, so I am Nirav and I'm your host as always, and I'm joined by my Amazonian co-host, Alyssa. Alyssa, are there any uh, Amazon equivalents in this Halo world? Oh god, not that I know of. Also, you didn't post the um the document. Oh yeah, I can share it over here. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Regardless, I have not played enough Halo to know if they have Amazons in Halo. <laughs> I would just assume the the soldiers are kind of like Amazons because there are women soldiers. Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, we'll we'll find out. Um, well, I am uh I'm also joined today by uh, local Covenant elites, uh, Kyle and Andrew. Say hi. Hey. Hi. Hey guys. Back doing? again. Yes, Kyle is back for his like fifteenth tour of duty. <laughs> um, Alyssa, I don't know if you have you have you guys been on an episode together yet. It's possible. Maybe I, I, do I don't know. Keep best talking memory. about games that I have never played. So okay. I, th- I feel like you're y'all are just trying to keep me off at this point. Yeah. So <laughs> Kyle is famously our like most frequent guest. I think he's actually been on like twelve or thirteen episodes before. Oh man. Um, because uh, he's easy to reach and doesn't have a lot going on, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I don't really have a life, so. I mean, neither do I'm I. Available so cheers most to the time. Cheers to that. <laughs> All right, so um, yeah, we're gonna just uh, ease in by talking about what we're playing this week. So, uh, Andrew, why don't you get us started? What are you What are you playing this week besides uh, Monkey Ball? Uh, haven't been playing much Monkey Ball lately, actually. But have you? Uh, how, been... how? What was your What was your like? I guess uh, after the initial hype uh, has died down, how do you feel about Banana Mania? I feel like it's like I have complicated thoughts on it because it's like it's a faithful remake of one and two Super Monkey Ball one and two. And that is literally all it had to be for me to be very satisfied with it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it actually like added some cool, like very cool new modes that kind of put really interesting spins on the classic levels, which was more than I was hoping for. But they also left out some stuff in very confusing ways. Like you cannot actually play through the marble rolling levels with friends anymore, which was like 
one of my friends' favorite thing, friends and I's favorite things to do. So like that's um, very disappointing. Uh, mm. Yeah. So it's it's like I'm happy about where the series is going for the first time in like 20 years. Um, but I'm still kind of, it had some perplexing omissions. So it was like just sure. on the cusp of replacing Monkey so, Ball 1 and 2 for me. And it didn't quite do that. So a- Andrew, Andrew is our, our Discord's uh, Monkey Ball guy. Um, yeah. So I like we, you know, everyone has things that they do. Like I do Bethesda games, you know, mm-hmm. um, et cetera. But yeah. So what do you, what are you playing this week then? Yeah. So um, I was, I dabbled with the Halo Infinite beta a little yeah. bit. We'll talk about uh, that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's pretty fun. Um, I went back to Master Chief Collection. I was actually working on a Forge map in Reach, like moments before joining this. Um, and I am working on the GTA San Andreas Definitive Edition on Game Pass. Um, and nice. I think uh, how is it. now? Is it as bad as the memes are telling me? Um, it is not a good. Uh, I don't even know like what to call it, like a port. Um, I don't know if that does it justice. I never played the original, so like I don't have much to compare it with in terms of missing music and stuff. And I am having a good time. Um, what there about have the been... long armed bicycle man? The long armed bicycle man? Is that like is that like a glitch or is that like something? Yeah, there's like there? a glitch where like there's a guy riding a bicycle and oh. he has like giant Hulk arms and the rest that, of his body's normal. <laughs> that, that sounds terrifying. I've not run into anything like that. Um no, nothing, nothing that entertaining. I got like stuck inside of a train in a really weird way today while I was trying to chase it. Um, but nice. my guy lived. Uh, yeah, it's it mostly functions, and it is like a PS2 game. So sometimes I have a hard time telling like what is new jank and what is old <laughs> jank. <laughs> so like, I, I, I'm struggling to make a good assessment on like what, yeah, what problems are new and what are old. Overall, sure. I am having a good time. All right. All right. Nice. It's on Game Pass, right? So it's basically yeah. free anyway. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. Not a lot to lose. Right. Okay. Cool. Kyle, what are you playing this week? All right. Uh, I actually started playing uh, Dragon Age Origins for the first time. Hey. I'm I'm kind of a uh, kind of a Mass Effect stan. So, I mean, I figured only made sense to try out Dragon. Yeah. Age. And I mean, it, it really is just Mass Effect with more dragons. Yeah. Yeah. More dragons and maybe less guns. I think less guns, the same amount of sex. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's going pretty good. Uh, some parts of it have some extreme difficulty spikes, so I don't really know what to think about that. I don't want to have to spend like an hour or two hours with one part of the game. Right. So it's gets a little bit frustrating sometimes for I'm, I'm generally not someone that likes to lower the difficulty but uh there have been a couple parts where i've had to lower it down just a little bit to hey get you join it. us join us in easy no this here. is not a habit i want to start <laughs> hey i love but, no uh, shame no shame in but uh, yeah, no, it's it's pretty good. I really like the story and everything. So it's yeah. People usually praise the writing of that game more than anything. Yeah, the writing and the characters are really good. Combat is eh, there. It's iffy. It's uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if any of y'all have played it, but it's like dice roll combat. So I haven't. I've played Dragon Age two and and Inquisition, but I actually haven't played Origins before. Um. Dragon Age 2 was not a good game. <laughs> um, 
I'll just leave it there. Well, great. Now I'm looking forward to it because obviously I have to play the whole series now. Yeah, Kyle has this like thing where he like literally can't play a game unless he tries playing the entire series before it first. <laughs> That Which has like been like difficult. I need to understand the lore. Okay, <laughs> there's no lore. <laughs> I mean, for this game, there 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 is, but like usually, there's just like no lore. Like like if I told Kyle to play Super Monkey Ball two, he would not do it without playing the first one because of the lore. And I gotta well, see the, the way the game could play at least. It, I would be more concerned if Kyle had to also play all the ones after Monkey Ball two. <laughs> that that would be a sign of a problem. Nah, fair enough. It nice. just depends on how much of a fan I am. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kyle, I I remember trying to get like Kyle and the rest of our friends into um, Fallout 76, and he was like, I'm not going to play 75 of these first. <laughs> uh, all right, nice. Okay, um, uh, Alyssa, what are you playing? Um, anything new? Anything? I'm not playing anything as much as I am getting played by Riot. Uh, they're playing me like a fiddle because of that Arcane series, so uh, all I've been doing is playing League and Valorant for like the past week. <laughs> uh, trying to get all like the free content and whatever. But the Arcane series ended last night, and I'm not going to give any spoilers, but it was god tier. It was so fucking good. <laughs> yeah. Like For a show like that is associated with one of the most toxic games on the planet, Like it was so good. <laughs> It's legitimately, like, I've only watched the first three episodes, but, like, it is legitimately really good. So you guys should both, like, actually check it out, though. And the first it's, three like, episodes are not even, like, the best ones. So, even like, if you don't, like, ooh. even if you actively hate League of Legends, like I do, like, you should watch the show. It is extremely good. Mm-hmm. Do you have to know anything about League no, of Legends? No, you don't have to know a single not. fucking thing. I don't know anything about it, and it's a, yeah. it's amazing. Like, it's they, they so do, well written. They do really well, like, building the characters, like, especially, like, even, or especially if you don't know who they are. Right. So it's, it's, it's just cool. so good. Okay. It's it's such a wonderful animation too. I think the the Imagine Dragons opening is a little iffy for me. Are I you like kidding? It. That's the it's just like, I it's never skipped the opening. Tone. It's such a it's not it just sets like a different tone than the but rest of the show. But it's not. I mean, I don't think so at all. Like I th- like and I mean like Imagine Dragons has been doing music for Riot. I know for, like, they I know they're very closely the, like, associated with Riot. Like I, that that I understand that. So, but I don't, like I don't think it mismatches at all. Like I think the intro is the, one of the best parts of the show. There's kind of like I don't know. There's like a, I think once per episode like some sort of like pop music appears like amidst all the like regular like i don't know like the other music and it's like huh thing is i can see like how some of the music seems like a little bit off base in comparison to like what's being shown but like yeah it still it still works well i think um anyway that's it's good all right cool so um let's see what was i doing this uh oh i finished guardians of the galaxy finally um holy shit that was a fucking phenomenal game like i don't have I don't think I have like I don't think I have anything significant to say about it negatively. Like it, it just just game of the year, honestly. Like it just blew me away. The, the story and the writing are so good. Like it, it is one of the best game narratives I've ever experienced. Like easily. Um, I don't know, and it's just like it's funny. It's consistently funny for like fifteen hours, but like it's so like heartfelt too. It's I crazy. I've, I think I've only seen praise from that game for that game. Uh, granted. That's been from you on Twitter, mm-hmm. and that's and that's all I've seen. So I respect okay. your opinion Judging though when it comes that. to video games. Yeah. So like I imagine <laughs> it's very good. Like legitimately, like if you want like a like a, a narrative focused like single player game, like like I, I just like can't recommend it enough. It's so it's so much fun, and the combat I think is extremely fun. Like some people are like mixed on how the combat works, but I think it's really fun. 
I love it. I like I have a very long weekend next weekend, so Ooh. maybe yeah. After I get back from Thanksgiving, I'll try and play it. Um, oh, I guess this I episode is going to go live on the Friday after Thanksgiving. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. What's the day? Oh, it's Black Friday. Oh no. <laughs> right it's black friday right now no one's going to be listening to us because they'll be out getting those great deals no or they're going to be listening to us Walmart. while they're in line at fucking yeah. target waiting for them to yeah, open. just throw a headphone in while you're like fighting off other shoppers for <laughs> yeah. pokemon I mean, we can motivate them through. yeah no they don't even sell pokemon cards anymore because of yeah. the deaths god oh. i mean if you're antisocial like i am and i go to the store I'll pop in my headphones into a podcast while i'm there especially during black friday you don't want to acknowledge anyone Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, anyway, uh, I finished that, and I've been kind of flipping around trying to find, like, a new game to get into, and I keep bouncing off of stuff, so I'm still I'm still looking. Um, I tried Owlboy for a little while. I tried Moonlighter for a little while. I, like, played, uh, played like, Fallout 3 for, like, an hour last night, and that was, like, cool. I just, like, can't... I don't know. I'm just, like, still thinking about that raccoon and his funny jokes. Yeah, no <laughs> shame. No shame. <laughs> Anyway, I'll find something. Um, I I kind of have been tempted to get Pokemon, but like I also like I'm like no, it's it's bad. It's gonna be bad. Don't do it. But like, what if I had it? You know what I mean? I want to get Pokemon. Like, yeah, I, I I just can't let the reviews like phase me for something like Diamond. It's like that's like one of the only Pokemon games I actually had like a childhood Pokemon experience with. Yeah, uh, I, pl- I, I like it. I, yeah, I've played this game. I know what it is. Like. Then, then, but they made it chibi now. Is all. Yeah, I don't know. I think I can look past it, honestly. But I'll probably wait a while to get it. I'm not in any hurry. I'm but not. I'm, I kept saying like, oh, I, I don't have time to play it. I got so many other things to do, and now I don't have any. I'm just like sitting here like a jackass. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I don't anyway, know, like there's chibi on the one hand, and then Piplup on the other. I gotta have. Yeah, Piplup, Piplup is in my other hand, and he's looking at me. <laughs> I mean, the last one that I actually beat was Pokemon Red for the Game Boy, so I have a bunch to play before I get there. Interesting. (laughs) Oh, great. I've played every Pokemon game when it came out, starting with Blue, when I was like three years old. So, this is actually the first, this is legitimately oh no, the original Diamond and Pearl I I didn't uh, get on, on release day, but I guess this is only the second time in 25 years that I didn't get a Pokemon game on launch day. Um, it's been it's been what it's been weird. I don't know. Um, Pokemon Legends though, I'm I'm definitely getting day one. I think it might be good. It might be good. <laughs> it might it might also not be good. Anyway, um, let's uh, I guess let's let's get into the shit. Climb in with me, everybody. <laughs> get into the warthog. Oh man. <laughs> who's who's on turret? Uh, I caught. Oh fuck. Okay, <laughs> gotta be quicker Ali- than that. Alyssa, Alyssa, you you can ride shotgun and just like fire your regular gun like an idiot. Okay, I'll be the guy who jumps on. Yeah, I'll jump on the hood and just stand there. Just stand there. Yeah. Okay, so um, I do quickly want to run around and and like say like what our experience with with Halo is because this is such a vast franchise. Um, so uh. Andrew, I think you're you're going to be our like Halo guy today. Like, so tell me a little bit about your your experience with it. Yeah, let's see. Um, the series has been near and dear to me for about ten years now. I started with ODST, and that was like a very um, hard fought game for me to get because my parents were like super anti M rated games at the time, and I was like twelve. 
Um, and it took like months to convince them to let me play it. And then I finally got it. And six months later, I finally played it and it was excellent. From there, I fell in love with the series. Uh, Reach came out soon after. And that was like the one that hooked me. Um, that's, that's the one I've played the most by far. It's been like a multiplayer mainstay with my friends and I for the past like 10 years or however long it's been out. Um, I got super, I liked the campaign a lot. I've played that like five times, uh, tons of time online, lots of time building custom maps on that one. Um, and I've played the rest of the series sporadically since then. Um, done most of the campaigns at least once. Um, spent a lot of time in MCC, like just kind of messing around with the multiplayer. It's really primarily been reach. Um, and then like checking out the other campaigns and multiplayers since then slower but um yeah i think just because i reached like halo is one of my most played series nice um how about yeah. you kyle uh most of my experience is with the original trilogy of halo games i've played uh halo one two and three all the way through probably like i think like three or four times and then uh Next would be Reach, which I've played probably like two or three times all the way through. And I've had, uh, I don't know if this counts, but I've owned ODST okay. for over a decade, I think. And I have still yet to play it one time. <laughs> now, have, have, campaign. Yeah. have <laughs> someday, you... Uh, someday I'll get to it. <laughs> Kyle, have you played Halo 4 and 5? I I got Halo 4 for Christmas one year. And I started playing it, and I got like maybe like three or four hours into it, and then my Xbox broke, and I have never played it since. Because did Halo Four? Did your Xbox break to stop you from playing Halo Four? <laughs> no, I don't even remember what happened. I think uh, I was playing something else, and back then I was just like a just an angry boy. Yeah, and I, sure. Like, yeah, I got mad about something and I like hit the cabinet that it was on and then it fell off. Jesus! And then it never worked you, again. You Imagine that. Yeah, nothing right. gamer raged. <laughs> That's a true gamer. That's a gamer moment. <laughs> Epic gamer moment. Yeah. Hey, I'll get back to it. Okay, Alyssa, <laughs> tell me about. Have you had any exist, any but, any uh, epic gamer moments with Halo? The, okay, I remember playing Halo Two on the Xbox, but that was because my brother owned it and like I just wanted to do something with him so i played that a bit when i was younger but that's pretty much my only experience with the halo games aside from like watching friends play it um i did a little bit of research on halo infinite like a couple months ago and i mean i got really excited looking at it and like like learning about all the uh the new content that they were bringing into the halo infinite uh game but i yeah, didn't okay. really have that much to compare it to because i'd only played like a little bit of halo 2 right um so my uh, experience with Halo is that when we had an original Xbox when I was a kid and my brother and I, and we got, um, my mom got us two games with it, I think, which were Halo 2 and Fusion Frenzy. Um, also extremely good. But so my brother and I played Halo 2, I would probably guess upwards of 100 hours just playing the multiplayer versus each other. Mm-hmm. I don't believe that we ever launched the campaign. <laughs> Like, even once. Um, but we used to just play the multiplayer, like, all the time. But I mean, um, like, the four-screen or, like, two-screen multiplayer experience, yes. I think, was so much fun. It was like, so good. I, Excellent. Very few games, like, I think could use that now and, I don't know, like, have it work. The um, 
so my my another my other big experience is that when I was in high school, I was in marching band and for some reason, our marching band had a computer lab in it that was not used for anything ever, right? There were 16 computers in there, and all of them were loaded up with Halo 1, and they were all already on a LAN network together. And so, like, but it was always, it's it was like a legend. Like, the older students, like my freshman year, were like, it's always been like this. <laughs> like, no one knows who created it. <laughs> um, and, like... We um so every every time we had a football game, you know, like on a Friday night, we would hang out in the band room for like, you know, three or four hours before that. Right. After school. And everybody would like switch out, take turns playing 16 player like Halo uh, and just like being absolute asshats to each other, just like turning on all the like, you know, the weapons and the and the um the, the vehicles and everything on 16 people playing. Mm-hmm. And like we did that every I think like the first two two years I was in in high school, like we did that like every week, and it was like a highlight of you know it was it's like still a highlight of high school for me when I remember. Hey, Alyssa, you went to the high school I went to. Yeah, I did. I think yeah, wait, yeah, really? yeah, we did. Yeah, I think you were there. You were there my my senior year. You were a freshman, I think. You're right. We did go to the same high school. I can't believe that we went to the same. That's high so school. weird. I keep forgetting that. <laughs> Jesus. Well, because we didn't meet till college. So. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we didn't meet till what, like, fucking many years later. Like, yeah. so. I mean, anyway. Fresh. Do you have college. Do you have Halo experiences at the same school? Did you ever go to the band computer lab? Oh God, <laughs> no! I, I'm sorry, I wasn't in band. I was very much so a loner in high school. That's probably better. You didn't touch anything in the band. There we go. Yeah, people were having a lot of sex in there. Oh God, <laughs> loner life though. Yeah, no, I I didn't do anything in high school, but. I will say my high school uh, had something similar, except it was like the entire school, like every computer lab had Halo in it. (laughs) And like you could, I don't even know who like made this get connected in this way, but you could be like playing in like a LAN game with some other computer lab. And it was just, it was an insane experience. And they, administrators kept getting rid of it and somehow it just like popped back up like a week after they would get rid of it. And I don't know who was doing this, but they were just a hero. Maybe it's everybody. the same like <laughs> legendary person who like travels like Johnny yeah. Appleseed. Johnny Halo seed. Um, <laughs> okay. So um, let's, let's dive into the, the um, development. I, I mean, like I think people probably, you know, we'll, we'll do this quickly, but like, I think, people just by osmosis of being alive i think people probably know what halo is to a degree but if somebody doesn't know anything about halo except maybe the green guys from it um what, could you guys pitch me on it quickly what is this like what is halo yeah what is this what is this halo who is this green man and why does he have such a big gun but before we get into that you keep saying green man and i'm imagining luigi like trekking across the halo um, destroying Covenant. Luigi <laughs> Maybe that would be better. I'm not sure. <laughs> it might be. I'm imagining Gumby over here. So yeah, I was. I was actually Shrek think- Loki. <laughs> I was actually thinking of uh, in It's Always Sunny when they like get in the Green Man costume. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, and so the Green Man is named Master Chief, and um, he is a Spartan, correct? Yes, a yes. genetically modified super soldier. He's a Captain um, America. Yeah. So I mean, kind yeah. of like Amazons, but not really. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, so Halo is, is a sci-fi franchise. It's set in, um, is it like the 26th century or something like that? It's, yeah, the 2500 or 2600s. Yeah. Right around there. Um, and uh, there, uh, there's a sort of a, a lot of like factions. There's like um, inter-faction warfare going on. There is a uh, a force of evil called the Flood. Is, is that like a race of aliens or is it like a monster? It's a it's a plague, I think, because all yeah. the all the flood people you fight are like zombified. Oh, it's like a virus. Aliens. Yeah, sort of. Okay. Yeah, and kind of like yeah, kind of like a parasitic virus type okay. scenario. Yeah, I would love to have more experience with uh, viruses. Can't wait to play that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, like the um, this is a first person shooter franchise. Um, uh, traditionally, been a little bit uh, more linear. Um, but, uh, is kind of uh, a series of first person shooter campaigns that I'm told have an extremely vast lore, um, like incomprehensibly large lore, Quite. um, for these games. And, um, each one has come out like, and Halo has always been like kind of a focus on like, there's a campaign and a multiplayer component to each game. And, um, Usually the multiplayer is the thing that gets people in the door, but like the campaigns are, are almost always revered as like some of the best first person shooter campaigns ever, especially for the first three games. Um, so yeah, let's, let's get into the, uh, the development. Uh, so we're mostly going to talk today about the development of Halo one, uh, which is called Halo combat evolved. And um, then we'll talk a little bit more about like, you know, the, the legacy of, of, of the Halo franchise and like how, fucking crazy it is that like how how pervasive this thing is in our culture because it's like you know it's a it's a giant um so uh bungie games is responsible for creating halo bungie games was founded by alex seropian in 1991 and in the early 90s uh alex seropian he was uh at the university of chicago and he actually was getting a mathematics degree because the university did did not have uh, computer science degrees at the time so um, his father was like, Hey, get a job. You know, he's like, dad was yelling at him to get a job. So he was like, fine, fuck you. And he left and he went to start his own company. Um, so he created Bungie and, uh, his first game that he made on his own was a clone of Pong called Nop. <laughs> spelled G N O P exclamation point. Very original. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> So that was released under the name Bungie, and uh, he released it free to play, uh, nineteen ninety one. Go get or nineteen ninety. So yeah, go get that. Um, so um, Seropian uh, met a programmer named Jason Jones in an artificial intelligence course at uh, the University of Chicago. So Jones was a programmer who was porting a game that he wrote called Minotaur from the Apple II to the Macintosh platform. Uh, so Jones said. I don't really. I didn't really know Alex in the class. I think he actually thought I was a dick because I had a fancy computer. Um, Seropian and, and Jones uh, are the two founders of uh, of Bungie, and so the two of them kind of on on day one were the ones who were like, "Oh boy, all right." <laughs> so um, they they met in this class and um, they partnered to re- uh, release the role playing video game called Minotaur: The Labyrinths of Crete in 1992. Um, so Jones did the coding and Seropian did the design and, you know, worked on the marketing and stuff. Um, so they worked on many other projects before Halo, actually. I, d- I did not realize this. I kind of had, I guess I had the impression that Bungie was sort of like a fresh developer when they tackled Halo, but that is not the case. They they produced, I think, seven games before Halo. Um, 
which ranged from Operation Desert Storm in 1991 to Oni in 2001. Uh, and they included a few uh, first-person and third-person shooters in there, too. Um, they actually kind of became the de- the indie developers for uh, um, working with shooters. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Does, uh, did anyone play any of Bungie's other games? I'm going to go ahead and guess no. <laughs> you have guessed correct. No, but yeah, I, I think a- I've got to... I'm going to download NOP at some point. you got to support this brand new... This brand, brand new tape. <laughs> This brand new take on Pong. <laughs> um, so um, in 1999, Bungie announced finally Halo Combat Evolved, which was originally actually made as a third-person shooter for Windows and Mac. Um, so I don't. I, I think this this is something that people may already know, just because its irony is is not lost. Um, do you do you guys know where the uh, the unveiling of Halo was, and who did it? It was Steve Jobs was involved, wasn't he? Or it was Steve Jobs like at MacWorld Expo announced Halo as a coming to <laughs> <Wow>. Mac, <laughs> which it obviously did not. <laughs> um, so um, on June 19th, 2000, which is the ninth anniversary of Bungie's founding, um, Microsoft actually snuck in there. So there's a lot of... Um, there's a lot of co- not a controversy, but mixed stories about how this happened. Um, Steve Jobs like was you know kind of excited about like okay we're gonna get into gaming like you know with this like uh, you know Apple II obviously had games on it and stuff, but he was like yeah the you know when we're we're moving to our new Mac uh, operating system and we're gonna launch with this big game uh, called Halo and um, they hadn't had this deal like signed apparently it was just kind of like a verbal agreement and so when Microsoft kind of stepped in behind the scenes and behind some closed door meetings, uh, they were able to purchase Bungie and the Halo IP before it was going to release on Mac. And well, they got it. They stole it. <laughs> they kind of sniped it. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It's a, it's, it's a, some apparently game, uh, the game industry was actually kind of salty about it. Uh, they were like, Oh, Microsoft, like the, the, the news kind of was like Microsoft stole Halo from, from Mac, from Apple. Um, I don't know how that is. Uh, what do you guys think? I mean, it's just the old disrespecting of a gentleman's agreement. I mean, come on. <laughs> come on. A gentleman's agreement. Um, yeah, I don't know. So Microsoft uh, did acquire Bungie, though, and it would become part of the Microsoft game division, which is brand new. And Halo was going to be redeveloped as an exclusive first-person shooter title for Xbox. Um, Jones uh, has stated on, you know, about the Microsoft acquisition. I don't remember the details exactly. It was all a blur. We've been talking to people for years and years. Before we even published Marathon, Activision made a serious offer. But the chance to work on Xbox, the chance to work with a company that took games seriously. Before that, we'd worried we'd get bought by someone who just wanted Mac ports or didn't have a clue. Um... Okay, I mean that's fair. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Um, I mean, I'm I'm glad that Activision didn't acquire them back then uh, because they oh would do goodness. it later. Shh. Um, They'd be Martin on Call O'Donnell. of Duty support. Yeah, they would literally yeah. they would legitimately be on Call of Duty support now, um, or even like a long time ago, they would have been cranking yeah. out Call of Duties. Yeah. Um. So uh, Martin O'Donnell, who had joined Bungie as an employee ten days before the merger, had uh, recalled that. The actual one of the uh, small reasons that 
this uh, had happened was that um, Myth 2, the game that they had released prior, Bungie, was uh, corrupted and it destroyed many computers. <laughs> um, so there was actually a glitch in the game that could completely erase the player's hard drive. <laughs> and so they had to issue a mass recall of the game, uh, which cost Bungie about $1 million. So just a few days before he's like yeah it's a coincidence but just a few a few days before uh microsoft bought us bungie was in debt a million dollars so whatever i mean ironically it was called myth 2 trojan horse <laughs> oh wait what no wasn't was that what it's called no it wasn't. <laughs> god but I had y'all, um, I had y'all thinking it was though. However, um, Seropian and Jones uh, told Microsoft they would not accept the offer until the entire studio unanimously agreed to the buyout, which they did after they were in debt one million dollars. Um, so, um, interestingly, like when the buyout happened, the rights to their previous games, Myth and Oni, were transferred to Take Two Interactive as part of a three-way deal. Um, and most of the original Oni developers were able to continue working on Oni until it released in 2001. And uh, the team uh, decided to, uh, you know, work with Microsoft on Halo. And so at the time that they were purchased, Microsoft came to them, sat down in their office and said, hey, you have one year to make Halo and launch it with the Xbox, a, pl- a platform that does not exist yet. Um. So if you if you look into we'll get into this but Halo is like I think one of the worst cases of crunch I've ever seen in a studio just looking back at how this development went um it was like fucking terrible in there the fact that they got a game at all that like worked is like a nothing short of a miracle much less like one of the most famous ever um but um, yeah, they they had a pro- they had a prototype for Halo at this time when they got bought, which was called the Giant Bloody War Game. <laughs> um, wrong. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much what it is, um, yeah. which utilized uh, tank combat and stuff like that. So, um, so uh, when they were approached by Microsoft and said, "Hey, you're going to launch the Xbox um, in a year," they were like, "All right, Giant Bloody War Game, it is." Um. So at the time that they were purchased, Bungie had 15 people working in South Chicago, Illinois. 15? 15, yeah, 1-5. With a year to make Halo? Mm-hmm. That huh. is insane. Um, hey, they, they already had the idea for a tank, so I like mean, that's most of the work. Did they hire more yeah. people, or did they only keep 15 people? No, they, hire, they hired more people. Uh, okay. They had a team of several dozen people by the end with the Microsoft money that they were given, um, but still, it was like a it was still a, a very much a rush job. Um, mm-hmm. So um, their original vision for um, the giant bloody war game was actually that it would be an RTS. Like you would have an overhead view. And then when you climbed into a vehicle, you would get a first person view and like drive around and shoot. Um, they realized quickly that like the idea, that idea sucked. <laughs> and they were like, they, he was like uh Seropian was, was looking at this and was like, this would be a terrible RTS game. Like, I want this to be a first-person shooter where you can get into a vehicle and drive it around. Um, so, um, oh, just for... Um, let me see here. I'm going to skip over that here. There we go. So, um, Bungie had to turn Halo in less than a year from a loose collection of gameplay and plot ideas into shipping a product on an unreleased console. Uh, and... 
again, launching the console. Like Halo was the launch game for the Xbox. That was the reason people were going to go out, line up, and buy a, a game console from a totally new developer or new uh, new publisher. So um, they turned. They decided to like you know switch it from third person to first person, which was a good idea. Um, and their key concern at the time was making it work well on the gamepad because they weren't able to use a mouse and keyboard anymore. Um, there were not, I will say in 2001, there were not many uh, first-person shooters on consoles. It was not a really a thing that had been done before, especially not with a big one. So, mm-hmm. yeah. GoldenEye and Perfect Dark, like the only big ones i'm trying golden to eye was the again. golden eye was the big one which I, I was reading through the reviews for halo one like from back in the day and like almost all of them were like gold referencing golden eye so i'm guessing that was kind of the, yeah. the known I, one i have to imagine that was like the standard the golden yeah. eye standard gold standard for, for sure going into... um and uh yeah i think when was perfect dark was like 94 or something like that uh, perfect dark was like a year or two after golden eye i think okay it would have been later then um yeah. but um yeah, this. So, how do you guys feel about like the 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 controls for for Halo? Because, like I said, this was like a big push uh, to to get first person shooters onto consoles. Like, how how did the controls work out? Um, I think they're great. Honestly, like Halo. One thing I've always felt about it, and you know, is that it's like just a consistently good feeling game to control. Um, yep. you know the feel of the guns of the movement like it all works surprisingly well it on a just control. works it just works it just works i mean it's it's uh it's just really responsive so i mean it, it doesn't matter like which halo game it is they all kind of control the same exact way uh i mean there's some variations but uh i mean it the gunplay mm-hmm. always feels smooth and Halo like Halo is also kind of responsible for standardizing the uh, the 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 concept in uh, games of uh, and of course this was not at all the first game to do this but but it was kind of the game that cemented the idea of having the left stick be your movement and the right stick turn the camera rather than turn like you know having um, you you turn the 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 left stick like left and right to turn your body and then walk forward. Mm. Um, cause I think if you remember, that's how gold and I worked, they had that other control scheme and it's interesting now that, I mean, again, this wasn't the first game to do it, but like, this is the game that made everyone be like, Oh, this works like for a first person game. And now I don't think there is a game that doesn't do that. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like that is how video games work. Like the left stick moves and, and left and right, like strafe left and right. Um, so yeah, like. That's a big deal. <laughs> um, so um, the the designer, Jamie uh, Greismer, uh, wrote the code to try to discern the player's intent rather than letting them actually control the character. <laughs> um, so the idea in Halo 1 is that the game buffered the player input so that the result was more like what you wanted to do rather than what input you were actually putting into the game. Um, they actually like they snuck in a lot of aim assist and stuff like that into the game without like making it obvious, so people didn't even realize they were getting aim assisted and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I thought that was kind of fun. Um, uh, Greisimer also noted that after Bungie moved the team to the Microsoft campus in Redmond, Washington, he was so busy he did not unpack his belongings for six months. That's exciting. That yeah. sounds like me at a new job. <laughs> it's like 
uh, we'll, we'll get to that. But like, yeah, it's it's this again, like crunchy ties me, Captain. Like, <laughs> like it's a lot of crunch. Oh, mine's just laziness. <laughs> right, sure. Better have gotten paid just so well for that. I would love yeah, if they had gotten paid well. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing yeah, they did not. <laughs> However. Um, so a ton of cuts had to be made to the budget and the scope during the project, um, or rather, rather to the scope and the features. But, um, uh, Staten, uh, one of the, the developers described his, his role as putting story duct tape over the gaps that appeared and then smoothing them over, um, to save time. They, they reused campaign levels. They added glowing directional arrows, uh, when people got lost backtracking, um, they added, um, they actually, I remember reading that they, um, they were so far behind on one of the levels that they literally had to just cut the level and turn it into a cutscene. Um, the online multiplayer component was dropped because Xbox Live wasn't ready for launch. Um, and so only four months before release, it was decided that the multiplayer was not fun. So they scrapped the entire thing and rebuilt it. <laughs> um, and they uh, they hired more team members and brought people over from the uh, Bungie West team. Uh, to do that. Some personnel took to sleeping in the office for the last few months to make sure the game made its deadline. <sighs> so that's good. good, right? I hate that. Nothing good, like some good. good old crunch to make a game amazing. Tasty, yeah. <laughs> One of my favorite... Would, I'm sorry? how it would have been if they hadn't crunched the fuck out of their employees. There wouldn't be a game, I don't think. I think this, I think this company yeah. would have not made... Th- there's really? no way they would have made... Even if it would have been like a little bit later... It would have been a lot later, I think. Like this game probably needed at least like yeah. a year or two more <laughs> to be made. Uh, yeah, it sounds the- like the crunch straight up like doubled at least the number of hours they could have put into the game. Yeah, like yeah. Um, I think because crunch has become such a thing in the industry, like develop not not just developers, mostly managers are like so like uh they they underestimate the amount of time it takes to make things, and that's why everything has to like get delayed. You know, um. You know, like, the the fact is, like, you know, people get mad, like, why is Starfield taking six years to develop? And it's like, well, that is how long games take to make. Like, they don't they don't actually take three years if you're working at a reasonable pace, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why the AAA gaming industry is going to collapse soon. And we'll be right in the middle of it. They'll collapse right on top of us and we'll die. I mean, I don't know about y'all, but I would prefer that they take the extra time. I would too. Hundred no, percent. Yeah. I, I there's plenty of plenty of smaller games where they're able to, you know, with smaller scopes that they're able to work on in like two or three years, you know, um, which is great. Like, you, not every game has to be like you know Skyrim sized, you know. Mm. Um, that's why we're making Halo Infinite the biggest game ever. So, uh. <laughs> They hired on the composer Martin O'Donnell and his company Total Audio, and they were tasked with creating the music for Halo's Macworld debut. Um, so they were told that they should kind of get a feeling of ancient mystery in the music. So, of course, O'Donnell decided on a Gregorian chant, and he performed the vocals alongside his composing partner, Michael Salvatore, and the uh, additional singers. He also did not know how long the presentation would be, so O'Donnell created a quote-unquote smushy opening and closing section. That could be expanded or cut as time required. Uh, the music was recorded in Chicago and sent to New York for the show the same night that the piece was finished and then shown the next day. So, the rest um, is history. yeah, the rest, of course, <laughs> the the iconic Halo chant. Um, does anyone want to perform it for us now? I mean, I'd love to hear you do it. 
Oh, oh, I don't think that's part of it, man. <laughs> yeah, you had it. You had it right until the end. Yeah, I almost got it. I'll give Next it a time. Out of ten. Yeah. Um. So anyway, it sounded like that, but like good. Imagine if I did it good <laughs> instead. I would go see your version in concert. I don't know. Personally, yeah. It's a good Gregorian chant. I love a good Gregorian chant. Um. So, uh, as far as the music goes, of course, O'Donnell and Salvatore composed the soundtrack, and um, the, he said the level designer would tell me what they hope he hoped a player would feel at a certain point or after accomplishing certain tasks. So, based on that information, O'Donnell would develop cues the de- designer could script into the level, and then he and the designer would play through the mission to see if the audio worked. He also made sparse use of music because he believed that music was best in a, used in a game to quicken the emotional state of the player, and it works best when it's used least. Um, I, I thought that was an interesting quote. How do you guys feel about that, just in general in games? I think it's. I mean, I think it's one of those things where different games will benefit from different approaches. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as Halo goes, I really think that they nail the sound design pretty much across the yeah. board. I think that's one of the real consistent strengths of the series. So, I, I think this guy made the right read for Halo. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah, um, he added, if music is constantly playing, it tends to become a sonic wallpaper and loses the impact when it's truly needed to enhance a dramatic component. Um, I, I kind of get that to a degree. I think some people, I remember when Zelda Breath of the Wild came out, there were one of the main complaints people had was like, well, it's quiet all the time. And it's like, yeah, it's supposed to be <laughs> like, yeah, the, mu- I mean, the, the music is supposed to enhance like moments, you know, that's true. Well, I mean. Not to just suddenly go on just a tangent, but... No, never, not on this show. (laughs) I feel like with Breath of the Wild, the only issue was that there wasn't that much uh, rememberable music. Do you say rememberable? Yeah, I I couldn't think of the right word. (laughs) Memorable. It was in in there. (laughs) Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know what I meant. Anyway. Anyway, Yeah, I, I, I agree on that. That was my main issue. I mean... The thing with this kind of game is that there is music that like sticks in your head while you're playing the game. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, come on, come on. Um, yeah, no, the music is great. Halo has always been renowned for the music and especially audio design. So, like, um, of course they they did a good job on that, and I think hired the right people. Um, so, um, Halo's debut was well received, but its move to the unproven Xbox console caused press treatment to be colder than it was before people were a little salty um so the playable demo the original one was well received um when it was shown as as an xbox game at e3 2001 um it was shown off in a broken state with poor frame rates and technical issues and uh it w- people were less excited um most game journalists were like very apprehensive about halo launching a whole console um but that's okay because the developers just worked 150 hour weeks to to fix it. Yep. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so many else. After it, uh, sorry. It inflames me. To it, like... Yeah, it does. <laughs> I one of my one of my things I still think about is you know how like cyberpunk like they crunched so much on that game and it was still like a piece of shit. Yeah. The um, 
Uh, Do they not like making games? (laughs) Controversial take. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. God. God. Just go work somewhere else. God. (laughs) I can just like hear everybody hating me right now. (laughs) You don't like your job. Just get another one. Yeah, come on. Get another job. I love when, when people were like, in, especially for cyberpunk when uh, people are like go get another job and I'm like yeah let these game developers in Warsaw Poland go get another job right now in game development right and all their I'm time sure there's they have so many work, opportunities they can go find another job um, anyway so inside of Microsoft Halo was also divisive um, there was apparently a fight between Bungie and Microsoft to change the name of Halo uh, Microsoft hated the name Halo. They thought it was dumb and bad and didn't communicate what the game was, which was, okay, we have was, guns. What did they want? They wanted Combat Evolved. Ew. Wow. Oh, I hate it. So I good. hate it so much. And so a compromise was reached when they named the game Halo colon Combat Evolved. <laughs> um, yeah, this is not an uncommon thing that happens. Um, they, um, I've heard a rumor and I don't know about, I don't, I don't fact check me on this. Cause I don't know if this is true, but I, I remember seeing like a rumor that, um, the game Sekiro shadows die twice is named that because there was a fight between from software and Activision about what to call it, where from software wanted to call the game Sekiro. Cause you know, that's that they want. That's like, you know, to communicate what the game is about. Like it's, you know, this ancient feudal Japan thing. And mm-hmm. Um, Activision wanted to call it Shadows Die Twice because they thought a Japanese word wouldn't like sell in the West. And um, they came to an agreement to call it Sekiro colon Shadows Die Twice. Um, which, like, I don't know. Anyway. Um, just like, hey, let, hey, here's my, no, here's my fucking big call to action. Let, let the creative people name their product because they made it. Yeah, that's true. I guess I'll allow that. Yeah. So, um, uh, they wanted to make, uh, apparently Microsoft felt like, uh, combat evolved would make it feel more like, uh, similar to other military shooters, which they wanted, you know, people to associate it with, um, Ed Fries, who was working in the, the, the marketing there, um, also recalled that, uh, within Microsoft, they ran some testing groups that thought that Halo was too brightly colored and wanted to reduce the number of colors in it. Oh, God. They wanted because they felt like it would uh it had the wrong color palette compared to the competing uh, shooter games. How did this game end up good? I don't <laughs> right. understand. It. So that that was it. That was an internal uh, testing or focus testing thing within Microsoft. Apparently, Ed Fries, who was working the um with uh, as a liaison there, said he he buried that report and did not let anyone from Bungie see it because he knew it would make them very mad. Um. So obviously. Halo is a very colorful world, and it should stay that way because that's one of the better things about it. Um, like I don't, I fucking do. You guys remember that era in like gaming where, like, for eight years, everything was like there are three colors: brown, black, and yeah. dark green. Yeah, yep. it was like really was bad during wrong. the Xbox 360 era. Yeah, that's what I was thinking of, like that era there. Um, I just don't get how people can like take any joy in playing games with. Uh so few colors i don't know I, like I mean, I still... it has to have a hell of a story yeah like it has yeah. to make sense if it's gonna yeah. be like monochrome people... but people just like get on my ass because like i 
Twilight Princess is like by far my least favorite Zelda game, but it's because there are three colors in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, it doesn't ever like, I don't know. It's it's just like, it, it very much ruins my, my time with it. Like just like that one factor alone. Um, You're, if that's the point of the game, so that whenever there is color, it pops. There isn't ever color. <laughs> the only thing that happens is it gets darker when they go to the Twilight Realm. All right, but what if there was color? It would really pop, <laughs> wouldn't it? You can imagine what it would be like if a color was there. <laughs> I just don't understand how that same studio made Zelda Wind Waker, the bright, most brightly colored game of all time, and then their next game was Twilight Princess. where right, They used all of their color for Wind Waker. Mud-colored. That's They're true. Like, they that's a lot of our color for at least two games. <laughs> that's two games worth of color. <laughs> so, Halo was released in North America simultaneously with the Xbox, of course, on November 15, 2001. Um, at that same time, uh, or uh, sorry, a few weeks before that, Halo, The Fall of Reach, which was a prequel novel to Halo 1, was released. Um, did anyone read that or any of the Halo books? I guess is a good time to ask. Yep, I've read... Both of the the fall of reach and the flood. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about those? Uh, they were really well received. Those two. I I mean I enjoyed both of them. Uh, I mean the second one was basically like the the same story as Halo Combat Evolved. Okay. Uh, the fall of reach now has not aged well just because it's so different from Halo Reach, but it's I mean, very racist. It's not like it's not like they would have predicted. It's not. It's, it's, um yeah um also in in those books master chief is like basically a god more so than he was in the games Mm -hmm. so it i mean it kind of throws everything off whenever he goes from this like godlike character in the books and then you play the game and it's like oh this is just me playing a game now, what if I told you, Kyle, that the author, Eric Nyland, was told that he had to write that whole novel and publish it in seven weeks? Yo, what? <laughs> <laughs> Talk what about the crunch. Fuck? They even crunched the book guy. <laughs> Why? How? Oh, my God. I, uh... Well, now I'm just impressed. My, my head hurts. I can't. I can't. In conceive. the. Right, so um, he wrote this novel in seven weeks, and it was uh, published a few weeks before the game came out, and became a bestseller with 200,000 copies sold. Um, I mean, I'm glad it was a bestseller, but holy fuck, dude. Right. Um, so in uh, just for follow-up on that, in 2003, Gearbox, uh, who is known for the Borderlands games, released a PC port of Halo, which included online multiplayer and better graphics, but very poor performance. Um, and then was also released for Mac, finally, on December 11th, 2003. Nice. They finally got it out there. So, um, Halo was not a, a runaway, like, instant success on release, but it had a very long tail for sales and a very high attach rate for the Xbox. So, during the two months following its release, the game sold fi- uh, sold on more than 50% of Xbox consoles, which would make sense. Um, but... That attach rate is not always a given. Um, it, it's weird, but like a lot of times, like um, you know, when when a game, when there's like a game that's launching with a console, you know, like the game, it's like it, it's always weird to me to see that it's not like a hundred percent attach rate. You know what I mean? Right. It's like, why did you come buy this Xbox then <laughs> to play yeah. um, 
I don't know. What, what, let's let's see what the other Xbox launch games were quickly. Let's just take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Launch games. Halo Combat Evolved, Project Gotham Racing, and Dead or Alive 3. It's all about the Dead or Alive 3, I mean. Come on. Dead or Alive 3. Uh, This isn't Dead or Alive. Now, this isn't even the beach volleyball one. What the fuck? (laughs) What's the actual Dead or Alive? Yeah, this is actual Dead or Alive 3, which I don't think I've ever talked to somebody who's played. Um... The, fi- the fighting games. Yeah, the fighting games. Jesus. Anyway, um, you ha- you can get that or... I don't know. Like, what the fuck are... Anyway. It's like when, when they were like... Oh, when the Switch launched, it's like, oh, we, like, Zelda has a 76% attach rate. And I was like, who the fuck are the other 24% who bought the Switch? What are they doing? You know, Zelda actually had on Switch specifically a slightly higher than 100% attach oh, rate. Oh, yeah, for yeah, like I remember when it, right, when it launched. Yeah, yeah I remember you that. You couldn't find a Switch, but you could find Breath of the Wild. Like, I was one of those Breath of the Wild but no Switch because I found it on sale. <laughs> I was like, well, why is this discounted? Give me it. Give and me it. Like a month later, I found a Switch. Um, I actually got it. I, I, I still remember that fondly when I got to Target. Uh, I got to Target at like 2 a.m. on the Switch launch day, and I waited in line fucking outside. Yes. I got my I got my reward. Oh my god! It was awesome, and I I met uh, a lot of cool, fun people there. And we also like, I was also first in line, or sec- I think it was third in line, but I was able to get one of the um special edition Zeldas. So like, Dang. I have like, I have the uh I don't know if you've seen it, the Switch case that's like the 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 Sheikah Slate tablet. Nice. Um, yeah. that is was only they only made like a few thousand of them or something and you could only have gotten them on launch day if you were like first in line in a physical store mm-hmm. um and it's like a i have this like it's like this amazing case and i'm st- i still have it so i win i win um hey, we're, we're talking about, about halo talking about nintendo shills over here hey <laughs> i'm still waiting on that check doug <laughs> <laughs> um so anyway, um, Halo ended up being the fastest selling console game of that generation, and it was the second best selling game of the generation total behind Grand Theft Auto Vice City. So good work. That was pretty good. Um, See, the crunch is worth it. Yeah, it was worth it. We should have crunched yeah. a little more, in fact. Um, it sold about six million, uh, 6 million copies and um, received a universal acclaim uh, with a 97 on Metacritic. It is one of the highest rated games of all time, and it received uh, more Game of the Year awards for 2001 than any other game, obviously. Um, how did this game... How was this game good, <laughs> I guess, looking back at how it was made? Uh, does anyone have any ideas? Magic, maybe? Witchcraft? Yeah, I mean, it was definitely, like just based on my knowledge of first person shooters at that time, it just had a lot of good ideas like going into it that made it kind of set it apart. Like I know a lot of the game is just running through corridors and little covenant fortresses, but there's also a lot of like rolling green Hills that you can tackle with a warthog and whatnot. And it's just like, um, like even though it's a linear game, the levels were a lot more open um, than what people were used to. I think Uh, it nailed the controls. The music was great multiplayer is amazing like it's i think it was just it just hit at the right time with the right ideas for the genre to really move it forward i think a lot of people had this like 
had that connection with the multiplayer aspect of the game that you did like like what you said you experienced here yeah um i mean as far as i remember like playing younger the reason i played was because my brother played so like me and my brother would play together um and just like every other person that i know that's like a super like halo fan right now or, i mean not even right now just like pretty much for their entire lives at this point because of how long um the series has been going but um I think the multiplayer aspect is one of the more powerful parts of it. Yeah, for sure. And and compelling. This has from day one been like a shared experience for people, you know, mm-hmm. um, which is like, yeah, really powerful. I think it's the same reason that um, Pokemon took off so well because of the whole trading and battling aspect from like day one, even like way back when in like 1996, you know, mm-hmm. like it was a, it was a social thing right from the start. Um, yeah. So Halo is, of course, credited with modernizing the FPS genre as Doom is sort of created with, like, solidifying and inventing it. But um, the modern first-person shooter pretty much all all um, has some owes something to Halo. Um, it is, the, of course, the reason for the success of the original Xbox and is still Xbox's flagship franchise. Um, Master Chief is still basically the mascot for Xbox. Um the legacy, of course, stretches far beyond video games, um, spawning the hit web show uh, I wanted to talk about a little, Red vs. Blue by Rooster Teeth. Oh, yes. <laughs> so oh my my Red vs. Just... Blue was actually pretty significant to the internet in many ways, besides being so huge. But like, it, it, other than that, it actually was the first real case of somebody using Machinima software, which is where they would you know, use these in-game models to create their own stories. And, uh, and animations and it kind of like that whole I mean you guys were around for like you know the internet in like you know 2005 to like 2011 like you know that was like a thing um so right. um yeah it, it just kind of was a I don't know it's it's it was a big deal but like yeah do you guys want to say anything about that show I never really watched the show, but I do fondly remember a few Halo machinimas from like around the end of that like wave of popularity. Like I want to say like 2011, 2012. I remember finding some very creative and funny ones. Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, it, it, it was just a good time. I don't remember the videos themselves that well, but it's yeah, one of those definitely one of those super interesting things where Halo really was built well for people to be creative with it. And that's just one of those things that spun out of that. Right. Um, so uh, of course there've been tons of books, graphic novels. Uh, there's a TV show coming up. They actually already did a, a short animated limited series in 2010. Um, and of course, master chief as a character has just pervaded internet culture. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a, a way to overstate. Like everyone knows master chief when they see him like, if someone could have never picked up a video game and they would see master chief and know that that's the halo guy. <laughs> yeah. 100%. Um, so, um, I do want to give, uh, uh, we'll, we'll get to the section in a second. So, uh, Bungie of course followed this up with halo two and three, which each were on their own, the best selling game in us history when they came out. Um, so good on them. And then I mean, of course, I think they were a missed opportunity to call it halo Two combat re-evolved. And then combat revolved. Combat re revolved. Combat three evolved. Not the W. That would be so good. That's why you don't work in marketing, Kyle. Yeah, that's true. Damn. Um, Halo two shadows die twice. (laughs) (laughs) Um. So um, 
they uh of course they made the two spin-offs halo odst and halo reach um i do not know a lot about those games i think odst is a not about master chief is that correct that is correct it's kind of a side story and that is why yeah. there's sort of mixed reception to it um but i find but like of course it's over it's it's like a very positive reception but some people are like oh they shouldn't have spent yeah. time doing a story not about master chief yeah Additionally, ODST has a pretty different approach to the campaign, um, and it didn't have its own multiplayer. It just packed in Halo 3's multiplayer, um, and it, it was a much slower campaign. Like it's, it drops you in this like giant dark open world almost. I don't quite want to say open world, but there's a big open level that you have to traverse to find and access the actual levels. Um, and so it was definitely not. Like it had a lot of departures from the traditional Halo formula that I think kind of okay, gotcha. Um, yeah, some people weren't big on it. It's my favorite Halo campaign personally, but okay. others were not as big on the change. Right, um, and I've heard some people say Halo Reach is their favorite campaign, and I've heard others say that they didn't like the game at all. So I think people yeah. are a little bit more mixed on on those ones, but. Um, so Bungie would, of course, leave Microsoft in 2007 to become independent, and Halo would remain with Microsoft. Um, Bungie went on to work with Activision to create Destiny, and they are currently still working on Destiny 2, and they will be until the end of time. <laughs> um, so uh, Microsoft created 343 Industries to work on Halo for the future once Bungie left. Um, and Frank O'Connor actually returned from uh, from old Bungie to be the creative director for Halo Infinite um, about how many months, few months ago, something like that. Um, it was like in, it was early this year. Um, that sounds right. So that brought a lot of confidence back to people who were like nervous about Infinite. I know. <laughs> um, so uh, 343 would go on to produce Halo 4 to generally positive reviews and then Halo 5 to less positive mm -hmm. reviews. Um, I don't know if y'all want to say anything quickly about Halo 4 and 5, but like, of course, the general consensus is that they were not very good. Yeah, I thought Halo 4 was okay. I do enjoy the multiplayer on it a little bit. Like, it's, um, you can tell that 343 was kind of struggling to add their own flair to the formula. Um, and for the most part, it pretty much just plays like the old Halo games, and that's, that's, that's okay. Um, definitely it feels like just like a slight um, move from Reach with some like Call of Duty style changes, I guess. It, it worked okay. It's not my favorite. And I thought the campaign was really poorly done, just very not memorable. And then uh -huh. Halo, Halo 5 is like if you take three of the worst Call of Duty games, put them in the trench coat version of Spartan Armor, and then sell that as Halo 5. Uh, Halo, I do not like Halo Five. I, I think it's awful. There, there are, there is like a large contingent of people for who it's like their favorite for some. Yeah, I was. Um, um, Justin, our friend, was originally going to be our guest on this. He had a, a thing come up and he, he couldn't uh, make it, but he is a staunch defender. And Halo Four is his. He's played every campaign multiple times, and Halo Four is his favorite, like by far. Um, so yeah, I mean, there there are definitely people who love Halo Four and Five individually. Um. Uh, I just, from what I see online, the general discussion has always been generally negative towards them. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really remember anything from Halo Four, although I mean, my Xbox broke, it, and that was like, I mean, yeah. it feels like a millennia ago that I played yeah. it. But. Right. So um, yeah, let, let's go ahead and, and kind of get into a more broad, general sense. Like, 
so what about the characters? What about the character of Master Chief sticks with you? Why? Why do you think this character has become so iconic when we don't even like know what he looks like? Um, like he, it's it's incredible how like pervasive this character is just in popular culture. Like what what about him like sticks out to you? I kind of want to compare him to the Mandalorian just because like that's like a modern or not modern but like more recent. Um, yeah, I guess type of character that I would compare to him. But um, I don't know. Honestly, I think that a lot of like boys and men kind of just like looked up to him as a, uh, I don't know, just a figure or a character to look yeah. up to. Yeah, I mean, like Halo is, Halo is like one of these like, you know, power fantasy kind of games. Yeah. Um, where like, you know, you're you're a big, strong Halo man and you doesn't afraid of anything. <laughs> <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Like I... Are there any like so again like me as somebody who hasn't played any of the campaigns like are there like a lot of like memorable characters in these stories to you are there people that like you still remember all these years later and everything so I'm of the slightly unpopular opinion that one through three's campaigns like are fun and pretty great by FPS standards but not that memorable, especially compared to like Reach and ODST. I think those are the campaign sweet spots, and neither of those have Master Chief. Um, I don't know. For, there's definitely like the story in one through three just does not work well for me to the point that I can't really remember most of the characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not, and like Master Chief doesn't do a lot to set himself apart from like other FPS protagonists, in my opinion, except look extremely cool because of the, the cool armor. Um, do you think that's maybe and, all that teenage boys needed though? I mean, maybe like he <laughs> looks really cool and Microsoft has a PR department who may, wants to make sure we know that. And for the most part they have like, you know, yeah. I, I really, I don't know if there is too much more to it than that. Like that. And he's, you know, in very good games. So I think it's just a good combination of those simple factors right. for me personally. So like it's not as much like a like a, a Mario where like Mario is an iconic character himself, but I mean more like Master Chief is like iconic because of the games he represents. I think yeah, maybe that and just like you know he is there is some of that like Mario iconicness in there just because he is Xbox like he's completely tied to a major player in the game industry, um, right? In a yeah. way that like. You know, you have Mario for Nintendo. I don't know if there's anyone like that for Sony. So like, Sony has like yeah. started using Aloy from Horizon Zero Dawn as their like mascot, which is kind of insane considering there's only one game in that franchise. But like, yeah. also that that character is like so well designed and so beloved that like I understand. <laughs> like people fucking love Aloy, um, and she's she's really cool. But like, I also I've always been confused that they didn't go with like Astrobot or something. Or not Astro. Is that what I'm thinking of right? Um, there is an astrobot yeah the so astro perhaps. from the you know from the little demos and the games yeah, and yeah, yeah 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 i think astrobot is like got that mascot look to him so um he really does but they they kind of have switched around i think they used to like kind of use like crash bandicoot and then they kind of started to use like ratchet and clank and then like just they never really committed to anything with a, with yeah. a mascot um yeah i don't know but um so yeah, let's uh, one of the one of the other major things about um, about Halo, especially the multiplayer component and why it's lasted so long, is the um, is the Halo Forge. So Andrew, I know you're the Forge Master. Please take it away. <laughs> tell us tell us plebeians about the Forge and and the 
thousands of hours you spent in there with your big hammer. <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so custom games and Forge are like huge in Halo. It, the community content really drives the games for like years after they come out. Um, and yeah, I, I have to say a little bit about custom games first because I think that actually predates Forge. It's not the custom building part like Forge, but it is like you can tweak levels or tweak uh, settings and like really um, deeply in a way you wouldn't imagine, like really think you could to create your own game modes that'll just end up um, like completely not resembling anything from the original game. Um, like in once Forge dropped in Halo 3, I want to say, and you could build your own maps, um, then people just went crazy with it to the point where you can like start creating like, um, I want to say I've seen some like sports, like um, basically recreated, um, but, oh, I can't, actually, I don't know, but okay, jumping back, Forge, you build maps, basically. It's a very intuitive um, level designer. It's I've tweet, toyed around with level designers in tons of different games. Forge is the most intuitive and also the one that you can go the most crazy with. Um, and it's just consistently gotten better game to game, in my opinion, um, where it gets to the point like in Halo 5 where you people are just making like full-on recreations of stuff from other games. And it works beautifully. Um, you know, I know... I imagine none of you guys have ever dabbled in Forge. Maybe Kyle I has. I've used I've used other level designer things like a ton, obviously. But um, actually, I was going to ask. I know people often compare the Halo Forge to like the the Far Cry Arcade. Have you ever used that? I've I've seen it a little bit, um, but I haven't used it. I, I have used that a little bit, but yeah. yeah um, no, I think the I've I think people have always talked about like the Halo is having like kind of like the the top notch like level designer though so yeah custom it, maps it's top notch and the important thing is it's very easy to use and it's very easy to share your stuff um, you know like I think any one of you could pick it up right now spend some time messing around with it and you know put together like a map or something and then um, there are other people who spend tons of time forging and they'll start creating these super intricate maps where you can like play um, full on, like every single game mode will be ready for it. And it looks like, um, you know, actually Halo Infinite's forge, some leaks or early chatter about it indicate that there's going to be some scripting even in it that'll let you build your own campaign mission. So it's just this very easy to use level designer that goes deep. Um, and you know it's it just adds so much to the game if you get into it if you like the local multiplayer or the online multiplayer like my friends and I were playing on some maps yesterday that I made like ten years ago and we're still getting um mileage out of them um I was yeah. also working on a new map earlier today like it's just some like for reach a ten year old game um yeah it's just a very like the community content is so it's so easy to make content and then it's so easy to enjoy other people's content if making it isn't your thing. Um, and yeah, it just adds so much to the games really to their longevity. Yeah, I mean, um, we've, we've talked about like with other games, like even like we talked about with like Skyrim, like just the mods and everything, it like extends yeah. the life of the game like forever because the developer is like embraced it, you know? Yeah. It's like, 
whereas like with grand theft auto like you know like the developers like actively fighting the modding scene and custom right. games and stuff it's like kind of crazy but like yeah I, I don't know i think it's huge and that's that's a one thing that we should probably go actually we're going to go ahead and roll into this now so we'll talk about this so halo infinite is coming quite soon um of course the multiplayer is already out they surprise launched it um uh i guess a week ago or so now um which was kind of crazy i don't i don't know that i can recall an like a triple a game getting surprise launched a month early before ever yeah it definitely seems like a first to me um, I mean, as far as i can recall yeah I, mean, I don't know if that kind of thing just like doesn't uh stick with me or or if this was literally the logistics of it are a little bit easier because it is just like it's the multiplayer and the multiplayer is free to play so it's like not like they have to work with like you know these retail stores and everything um right but the yeah the so the campaign is coming december 8th um and it because the multiplayer is completely free to play it is a 60 dollar campaign which is a big ask but what's a smaller ask is just like get it on game pass (laughs) so (laughs) right um I think I'm still kind of shocked that the servers were yeah the servers like didn't fine. Co- like there was literally no server problems for Halo yeah, until was, launch. Yeah, like when it launched, I remember thinking like, okay, I'll play this in like three days when I might be able to get into a match, and like, no, it was fine. Like that night, yeah, like Hi- Kyle, no problems. Yeah, you you played with us right that first night it came yeah. out. Yeah, yeah, like we all hopped on that night it came out, and like my only issue was getting it to run on my computer. But then, right, uh, I do remember that. <laughs> <laughs> that was download your graphics drivers and yeah then you should be good <laughs> um yeah so uh halo infinite was of course announced to launch last november uh november uh 15th uh, or 19th sorry along with the um with the xbox series x and um back in uh, after their showing at e3 uh featuring craig our best friend um <laughs> the uh, xbox decided to delay halo uh for a year and so that was a pretty intense thing to do um and of course the series x launched without a launch game last year um it is obviously doing fine the console itself um mostly because of game pass but um yeah i don't know it's it's crazy but they they launched they launched a, a console without any new games and honestly to that like I, I say, like, bravo. <laughs> like, I think Phil Spencer made a good call. And he, of course, was like, yeah, we're not going to crunch our people, like, on this. Like, we have a lot of work to do. And, you know, even if this hurts the Xbox, like, it's it's good for our developers. Um, and so, like, Phil, Phil is just, like, dropping uh, uh, W after W, huh? Yeah. Um, but... Anyway, like, I, I, yeah, I don't know. So people are skeptical. Uh, people are less skeptical now, but for the last year or two, people have been intensely skeptical about Halo Infinite, um, being that most people didn't really enjoy Halo 4 and 5, which were also made by the same team. Um, so the people have also been a little bit um, skeptical about Halo's transition from a linear shooter to an open world. And... Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really excited personally. Like, um, I like open world games a lot and I want to, I want to see what they can do with it. 
yeah, yeah. I, I was definitely one of those skeptical people after playing four and five because for based on those two games, it felt to me like three, four, three was just trying kind of aimlessly to add their own like flair to move the franchise forward. And I kind of thought they were just failing at that, but the infinite multiplayer has really surprised me so far. The movement feels amazing and it feels different than past Halo, but still like recognizably is Halo. Um, but in a way that it no longer feels like I need to compare it directly to the old Halo games. Mm-hmm. Um, and like that signals to me that they've moved forward in a good way. So if the campaign can show that same kind of improvement, and I think some early impressions have been quite positive, then I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. And, you know, I've, the multiplayer beta has really, um, brought, shot the game up on my, my hype index um for the year honestly like i'm i'm on board now i wasn't until very recently but i i think i like where it's headed awesome yeah uh and kyle do you have any thoughts on on infinite uh i i'm not good at it i think okay well let's say like the multiplayer we've been playing i think i've got about i checked steam i have nine hours on that multiplayer already which is was surprising i was like whoa um this game's fun it turns out it's actually very fun and good. <laughs> the, yep. um, I think that they are going to do some adjustments to the battle pass stuff, which I think is the only problem people are having. Um, I'm not a big battle pass kind of person, so I haven't been paying attention. But I think if if it gets to a point where everyone's like, yeah, this is a good battle pass, like I'll, I'll invest money in it. I mean, the game's free. You know, I was like, yeah, uh, I want a good skin for my for my Halo. <laughs> um, I mean, I heard that it's only like 10 bucks. It's only 10 bucks for a season. Yeah. So it's not too bad. And the season's like what, like half a year long, or like a the season's year three months long, but it's also like an in, in, indefinite pass, so you that you can keep doing the season one stuff after season one is over. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, I, I might invest in it then at some. Point. Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think from the battle pass, if you finish it, you get enough currency in game to buy the next season's battle pass. Is how it works too. So like, if you buy the first one and you finish each one, then you you can get the next one for free, basically. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's good. Um, but it sounds like this game might be good actually. Uh, Although I don't, I mean, we'll have to see the campaign, but the campaign previews came out today from, um, game journalists and all of them have been wildly positive. Um, they're only allowed to talk about the first four hours of the game, I think. Um, but all of them have been like, this is amazing. This is the best campaign since three easily. So I am shocked, but excited. Yeah, like, um, in the best possible way. Right, and because it is on Game Pass, like I'm definitely going to jump in when when it drops on on December eighth. Like, yeah, damn, I'm excited. I'll be I'll be in the middle of finals, but I think that's going to be my post finals. Nice, uh, your your reward. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'll wait no. for a I'll wait for a sale. Wow. Halo, Kyle, are you going to have to play uh, an infinite number of Halos before you play Halo Infinite? <laughs> I still have to play four or five. I mean, and five. But, uh... You don't have to. Like, you could just not. Oh. I, oh, don't even... He may not understand the lore. No, no, I've, I've heard the lore, but you really could just not play Halo 5. No, you don't understand. <laughs> it's about... The, it's the lore. <laughs> I... Like he would, he also he wouldn't play he wouldn't play Mario Maker two without playing the first one on the Wii U. 
because of the lore. Got to invest in the Wii U now. Um. Anyway, so yeah, do, do you guys want to mention anything else? Any specific moments or, or memories about Halo before we close out? Um, I mean, yeah, I'll just say it's a. It really is a magical franchise. Like, there is a huge community-driven aspect to it that really lets you kind of build the game into what you want. That's what my friends and I have done. You know, it's why we're still playing Reach ten years later because we have. You know, the maps that the game came with are really cool, but then, uh, like, 14-year-old me decided to make a map that was a skull with big orange eyes, and we thought that was way cooler, and now we still do that 10 years later. Um, you know, it is um, a really magical series, and I'm, I, it feels like it is getting back in stride with Infinite. I don't want to, you know, knock on wood, but if the campaign can deliver, if the Forge can deliver, I really think uh, the series could be back in a big way. And I'm really hopeful based on what we've got from the multiplayer so far. Nice. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, I guess, uh, just kind of finish up by telling me what is a Halo. I think it's like a... Wait, is it like a type it? of... It's like a bean? It's like a type of bean? I think it's like a square shape. No, I think you're thinking of the ice cream. <laughs> Did they make a Halo branded ice cream? You know, Ben and Jerry's Halo had to have it. Ice cream. I mean, Halo was like the like low calorie ice cream, as far as what I remember. Yeah, Halo top. Halo top. Halo top is, yeah. Yes, you're you're correct. <laughs> um. Okay, everyone, go buy some Halo top ice cream. It has a one point yeah. six review rating on Google. Halo top or Halo? Halo I will, top. I will oh, yeah. say disgusting. I've had Halo Top and it's not good. It's very like the Halo Kit Top Keto Vanilla Bean flavor is disgusting. Only minimal vanilla flavor. The texture is gross. It reminds me of dry, crumbly model magic. Hmm. They call it frozen dessert for a reason. It's not even close to ice cream. They also just don't disclose which ingredients are bioengineered. One star is gracious. <laughs> yeah, it's like she if somebody took powder. ice cream and thought, "What if this was sand?" <laughs> <laughs> Okay, uh, on that souring review of this not ice cream, um, let's go ahead and get out of here. So, um, Kyle, thanks for uh, joining us. Do you have anything you want to you plug or shout out today? Um, no. Yeah, Andrew? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I've said my piece about Halo and Halo Tap, so I'd call that a, call that a full day. Okay. Our, our, our plug is to not buy Halo Top ice cream. <laughs> um, Halo Top, if you want us to actually plug you, give us money. Yeah. And the, yeah I'll and take it all back. I'll take everything <laughs> back. Probably. You know, I, I love the taste of sand, actually. <laughs> I tried some the other day. It, it's course, it reminds rough. me of my, it fav- my favorite childhood snack, Moon Sand. <laughs> okay, Alyssa, do you have anything you want to plug? Um... Not really. I mean, do something. Just go watch Arcane. I'm fucking in love with that show. Yeah, that fucking IGN 10, baby. IGN 10, baby. It has 100% of Rotten Tomatoes and IGN 10. I don't know what else you want. Um, It it is good, though. So, um, yeah, I I guess that um, you can find us on uh, Game Busters Pod on Twitter, and you can find me at Gondizi and Alyssa at Go Ballistic. and uh, yeah, uh, come come see our good news at uh, GameLuster.com. We, of course, have a YouTube channel, GameLuster, as well. 
Um, I think I am not working on anything at the moment. I think I am going to do a um, another review soon. But um, yeah, and uh, we'll just uh, kind of skate on out of here. Oh, next week, I think Alyssa and I will both be in the same place. So I think we're going to try yes. to do Game Busters Live. Yes, okay. Ooh. But if we do Game Busters Live, what are we going to do for Game Busters Live? Uh, I don't know. Fucking, what's a, what's a game? Pokemon? <laughs> Oh God! Are you gonna make me play a game? <laughs> make me be an actual gamer. <laughs> We're gonna do it on gaming. Fair enough, I guess. I think the um, we'll we'll figure something out. Um, sounds really but, easy to prepare for. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be good and easy to prepare. So yeah, thanks for for joining us, everyone. Um, does anyone have like an iconic Halo quote that they want to close out on and just kind of do it like Master Chief or whoever? Oh shit! That was. Uh, I'm looking at a list of Halo quotes now. <laughs> I need a weapon. <laughs> Master Chief's most memorable quotes. <laughs> I mean that that describes his character. All right, I'm gonna go. Down, I'm gonna go down this list of Master Chief's most iconic quotes from Game Rant, and you tell me when we hit the right one, and I'll stop. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> we'll make it. That's it. That's that's not that's going to happen. <laughs> you told me there wouldn't be any cameras. Me next week. Relax. I'd rather not piss this thing off. Asking's not my strong suit. Oh. No, sir. Oh god, is this Robin Thick? Like hell you are. Boo. <laughs> I'm gonna these skip are, down to the top three. Definitely here. the most iconic quote <laughs> She said that to me once about being a machine. Wake me when you need me. <laughs> Wake me up. All right. Wake me up inside. Oh God, love uh, him. Love him. All right. And number that. one. Wow. Number one was actually I need a weapon. If there is a single piece of dialogue that perfectly encapsulates Master Chief, it has to be this iconic line from Cairo Station in Halo Two. The Covenant sends a scouting party to Earth without any hesitation. Master Chief asks for a weapon. <laughs> Is Why this he like an ironic like article? Who knows? <laughs> game rant. It is game rant. That is true. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, thanks for joining us. And uh, I need a weapon. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> is no one say anything interesting in Halo? <laughs> no, that's part of the charm. It's very. I'd say Master Chief is a Gary Sue. So. Okay, I found some more quotes. Nuh-uh, you do. Nuh-uh, you do. Wow, this other this other article has the most iconic Master Chief line also as, I need a weapon. Oh <laughs> that must have been like a really good delivery. <laughs> okay. I'm pretty, sure, I'm pretty sure the delivery was just like, I need a weapon. He is very outspoken, okay? Um, oh, this is actually not a bad one here. I'm, I found out when the game is over, the king and the pawn go back into the same box. Oh, I like that one. It's not bad. It's better what than I need a What game was that from? I don't know. I already closed the tab. All right. Bye, guys. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay. Yeah, and kind of like yeah, kind of like a parasitic virus type okay. scenario. Yeah, I would love to have more experience with uh, viruses. Can't wait to play that. Um, 